Well, hey, church, I am so psyched, so psyched to practice the seasons with you tomorrow. Just a reminder that tomorrow is the first Sunday of Advent for us. Advent is, for those of you who don't know, Advent is historically a four-week annual season where the church rehearses Israel's story of waiting for the first coming of Jesus. And as we as we rehearse that together, we remember and we learn as the New Testament church how to wait for the second coming of Jesus. Um, at Frontier, we always make the Advent season five weeks long because we'd like to tack on an annual All Things New sermon to the end of the series so that every every year, as you ring in the new year with us, you're also thinking about God's promise of new creation. This year's Advent series is going to be so dope. <laughs> uh, Stephen Kerr designed the series for us, and we will explore the four traditional themes of Advent, which are hope, peace, joy, and love. And we'll explore these themes by preaching through John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, chunk by chunk. That's John's prologue to his gospel. And it might be the most poetically written explanation of the incarnation of Jesus in the entire scriptures. And that makes it perfect, perfect for us to meditate on during the Advent season. So as you settle into solitude tonight, just sink the teeth of your soul into this Bible verse from tomorrow's text. John chapter 1, verse 5. Just, just bring the attention of your heart to this one verse. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Has this season of life felt like darkness to you? Like, for, for whatever reason, take your opinions on masks, put them aside. Your opinions on the pandemic aside. Take your opinions of the uh, of the of the political election, put them aside. Just put aside all of your arguments, your reasoning, and your logic about all these categories, and just wrestle with God. Does this season of life feel dark to you? John chapter one verse five: The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.
So maybe your hope muscles have shrunk a little bit over the years. Maybe for you, you placed your hope in a moral leader, a teacher, a pastor, a politician, and it worked for a little while, but then the moral failure happened and you saw their name on the headline of the newspaper and another piece of your hope chipped off. And of course, living in an increasingly secular world doesn't really help. Everybody's pessimistic. Everybody's ironic. Everybody deconstructs everything endlessly. Every comment a celebrity makes is ruthlessly deconstructed by bloggers. Every sermon preached is ruthlessly deconstructed by church members on internet forums. And every day that goes by, our nation is becoming a little bit more and a little bit more devoted to the God of cynicism. Now, every time somebody sits in front of you and shares their hopes or their dreams with you, you can't help but think of hope as childish. Is this you? Have your hope muscles shrunk? Engage with the Holy Spirit deeply about this. So it's okay if you've lost hope in the world, right? The world has never been strong enough to hold your hopes without breaking them. So there's nothing wrong with losing your hope in the world so long as you don't lose your hope in Jesus. 
I love the way that God motivated the Old Testament Israelites to long for the hope of Jesus. What God does is he gives them prophecies, little sneak peeks of the present. That's how prophecy functions in the Old Testament. Prophecy is when God peels a little bit of the wrapping paper off the corner of the present and gives us a glimpse to the present himself. Here's one Old Testament prophecy of the present from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. Wonderful Counselor, Jesus will be with us and he'll share his wisdom and guidance with us. Mighty God, Jesus will be God in the flesh, a person with unlimited power and strength. Everlasting Father, Jesus will have the caring affection for us that has no beginning and no end. Prince of Peace, Jesus will finally bring an end to this cold war against darkness and he will establish peace in the world. So are you actively hoping in this person? Are you actively hoping in Jesus? Are you actively practicing hope? Are you energetically practicing hope? In the deep parts of your heart, in the deep pockets of your soul, do you coach your heart to long for Jesus, to depend on Jesus, to eagerly hope for his return? God wants you to hope. God desires you to become a hopeful person. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And what, what would your life look like 
if the Holy Spirit filled you with the fruit of hope? How would that change the type of husband or wife that you are? How would that change the type of church member that you are? Holy Spirit, in this moment, reveal to us what our lives might look like if they were more fully sanctified in your hope. Amen. Church, like we've said in the past, Saturdays in the Spirit is a means to an end. It's not an end in and of itself. It's to help you begin the practice of solitude so that your life might become Monday through Sunday in the Spirit. So if God is revealing something special to you right now in this moment, linger. Right? If he's giving you a word, if you sense that he's not done in our limited time together in solitude, keep pressing into solitude tonight. Our church depends on it. Our church depends on having church members who are listening to the Holy Spirit, being equipped by the Holy Spirit, and coming to the church gathering to give out of the Holy Spirit, whether that giving be an encouragement, joyful singing, or prayer. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow.